How's everybody doing? I'm so excited to give my testimony tonight. I'm a little bit more settled in, having gotten to know some of you guys, so I'm excited about that. And also some old friends of mine came out to support me, so I'm excited about that as well. I'm going to start my testimony off. Um, talking about how I left my broken home. And I'd like to talk to you about my home life and my family. But I don't have anything to tell you. Home life for me was traumatic. It was depressing. And my earliest childhood memory is of me being abandoned by my parents. And that never changed. My home was fatherless. My mom was physically there, but not there any other way. And I was introduced to inebriation, drugs, alcohol, very early age. And that was my honey bunny. That was who I decided to dance with when I left my home. And I danced with her in the street very well. For years, 15 years, we were together, and um, we had a great relationship. (laughs) Um, In the streets, I met another family, and they introduced me to the hip-hop culture, and I fell in love with the hip-hop culture. I began to paint graffiti. I began to dance five days a week, club hopping. Um, I started to slang, started to sell drugs. Um, I was pretty good at that. And that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I did. Um, In my social sphere, um, a lot of my friends had girlfriends that they all passed around. And I was too much of a coward to get with a girl because I couldn't stand the heartbreak of my girlfriend sleeping with another one of my friends. So I didn't have a girlfriend for a long time. The club was my girlfriend. The rave was my girlfriend. The train yard was my girlfriend. The paint can was my girlfriend. I still like the way she moves. And I did finally meet a girl. My cousin introduced me to her. And um, I was never going to stay with her. Never intended to stay with her. And I ended up having two kids with her. Seven years with this girl. We never kissed. We never held hands. We never shared our heart. And I get a phone call. A vivid, vivid memory for me. At work. Brian, your kids have been taken into custody. They're no longer at your home. And I'm like, wow, how did this happen? Beside myself, living a a very, very numb lifestyle. So I get this tremendous, tremendous bad news dropped on me, and I feel absolutely nothing. I'm at work, and the displacement of my kids doesn't even, like, touch me. I'm just like, all right, whatever, oh well. Let me get back to my station so I could 
keep wrapping pallets and drive this, these forklifts. That's how numb I was to the world. That's how um, just not emotional, just super not emotional, not in touch with even my mind. Didn't even think about it. I just kind of went back to my desk, stood there, like, what do I do? And then it was a fleeting thought, and that was it. Um, that brought me before the judge. The judge asked me if I had a problem. I said yes. I don't know why I said yes. That landed me in rehab. Um, and I'm sitting there one day in rehab, and I'm reading the stuff because they're telling me to read the stuff. And um, I hear this voice. He says, welcome home. And that voice changed my life. I've been chasing that voice ever since. I got myself into college after rehab, finished rehab, got my kids back, let the mom back in my life. She got them taken again. And the Lord really intervened on my behalf at that point. I was at work. I used to work at the LRC in Sac City. Some of you guys are familiar with that place. And um, I'm sitting there, and this guy walks up to my desk, and he's just jacking his jaw about I don't even know what. I'm trying to sit there. I'm trying to do some homework. This is after the phone call, the second time my kid's getting taken. Still no feeling at all, um, besides just being super lost, like, what am I going to do? And he's just, he's just talking to me, talking to me, and all of a sudden, boom, I feel this prick inside of my heart. And I'm like, whoa, bro. What did you just say? And he goes, why, what happened, man? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know, but something just pricked my heart. And I'd never even used the word prick in that context before, so (laughs) I had no idea what was going on. Time literally, like, slowed itself. And he said, that's Jesus, man. And I'm like, (laughs) at that moment, the first prayer escapes my lips. And I'm like, please don't make me a Jesus freak. (laughs) And if you guys get to know me, you will know that he answered that prayer. And so um, soon after that, I found myself at a Bible shop. Like, what am I doing here? I bought a $60 Bible. Like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> I'm looking at this, this wall, and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Just put my hand out and grab something, took it up to the register. I'm freaking crazy. Get back to my house, and I'm reading, and the Lord takes me through Ecclesiastes, and he says, you were tired, son, and you didn't even know it. And I make my way into a church. Damien Giacchino greeted me at that church. I love that awesome man of God, awesome man of God. He called me every night for two or three weeks. Nobody had ever done that for me in my life, ever. And he was like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm reading the Bible. (laughs) But I don't know why. (laughs) He's like, you got any questions? You know, he invited me to church. And um, the Lord really started to transform me. Um, I got to Calvary. And uh, some of you guys know Terrence Richmond, Pastor Terrence Richmond. He's doing the Love Quest. He is a part of my foundation. And he was like, man, if you're unashamed, get up there in front of everybody and ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit. And I was like, I don't know what that means, man, but I want it. You know, I'm in church. 
I need, I need something. I need, you know, give me something. I don't know. And I get up there, and I'm just like, all right, if you're real, man, then make it happen, you know. And he made it happen. Um, I was on campus at Sac City for three years, and I was preaching the word of God, open campus. Bam. I had a prayer group there. The Lord was just moving me. I would go home inside of my mirror, inside of my bathroom, and I was like, who are you? Who are you? And, I mean, the power of God inside of these prayer groups, people were, I mean, it was just amazing. The gifts were flowing. People were getting saved. Um, There was people coming from, like, Roseville and prison, like, the Holy Spirit drew me to your prayer group. I'm like, okay, let's pray then. And that went on for three years, and it was powerful. It was really powerful. Um, I got bold and started campaigning for the student trustee position. The Lord gave me a responsibility to speak on behalf of 85,000 people. It was amazing. I got my butt kicked by every single one of those leaders. Um, But I took away a lot of leadership skills. I seem to think that I did. And um, I got to cast an advisory vote for uh, the chancellor, Dr. Brian King, and he has the mind of Christ. And that's a big deal um, for Sacramento, California. And uh, just to fast forward a little bit, um, the Lord's just been really crushing me, really stripping me down. And it's not an enjoyable process. It's not. I find praise, and it doesn't sound happy, joyous, or free at sometimes. Um, but I'm learning how to trust him. I made it finally to Epic. I'm so grateful to be here with you guys. You guys have no idea how grateful I am. Eric is awesome. Shaddy, Eric, Kendi Rose, Wopendesta. You guys are awesome. If I left anybody out, I'm gonna give you a hug later. Um, but he's, he's transitioning my mind right now from a, a slave mentality, kind of like the, the performance, to just being. And I'm just super grateful for that. I'm just trying to enjoy the process. So anyway, thank you for letting me share.